It is really good to be back with y'all. I've been, been out for about a month, six, so uh, really happy in 2021 to be able to join you on a Sunday morning. For weeks, we've been working through the Book of Mark, uh, a series we've been calling The Good News, all about Jesus, the Son of God. And then on occasion, we intermingled these other talks. We called them awesome. They were about God, the Father, and all his attributes. And so we've really picked up a whole bunch about Jesus, God the Father. And we thought we'd take just the first four Sundays of the new year, do a little series. We're going to call it Real. It's going to be about you and me, but it's specifically going to be about the Holy Spirit's work in us. So you got God the Son, God the Father, and God the Holy Spirit. So we thought just for the very first Sunday in the new year, it'd be really cool just to simply tell our stories. So I've asked the campus pastors at each of the campuses to tell their story. That'll be going on this morning, and I get the privilege of sharing with you my story, specifically my story about how the Holy Spirit has interacted with me over the course of of my lifetime. So I I look forward to uh, sharing all that with you. When I was a boy... uh, Man, I, I don't even know exactly how old, five or six, I, I came to meet Jesus. For me, that happened. Uh, uh, my parents took me to church, and I was in a little Sunday school class. And I can, all I can remember is that the teacher talked about hell, right? So uh, I was scared, and I was processing in my mind, am I, as a little boy, going to hell? And that might seem a little overwhelming for you to to think about, but it was that's very true, and, and it was particularly real for me as a six-year-old that I was on my way to hell because I was a sinner. When you're six, your sins are like right in front of you. You know, you know exactly what you did wrong, and you're being corrected on a daily basis. So it was really clear to me that I was going to be separate from God. My dad uh, had me quote John three sixteen, which he had taught me, and as I worked through that verse, and he and I sat on my bed one night. I met Jesus, right? So I, I, I love that verse. I mean, you see it everywhere. It's worn out. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten is how I learned in the King James Son that God loved me so much that he gave his son that whosoever believes, and my dad just really emphasized that, that night on my bed, did I believe, did I really believe that God gave his son on my behalf? Whosoever believes in him, Jesus, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That word perish kind of captures the idea of hell as it's, as it's set up juxtaposed to eternal life, which seems to be with God in glory. So like there was this just simple ah, belief that I had as a five or six-year-old. If you're at home with your mom and dad and you're a young boy or a girl, today's a great day to work through these questions about do you really believe? And and for me, it was, you know, my mom and dad believed, but I had to really evaluate, do I believe? Parents, this is this really uh, good reminder. Everybody doesn't get that. Many folks that are taking this in right now didn't have the opportunity like I did to grow up in a home where my mom and dad knew Jesus and they were really intentional about teaching me about him. Obviously, you can't make somebody believe, but they put me in a spot where I understood who God was. I just want to remind parents, man, we're at 2021. It's another year to lay the the tracks for your children. Let me read you a little passage out of Deuteronomy, book in the Old Testament, uh, not often read, but this is an amazing passage in in chapter 6. God is telling the people of Israel, his people, God's people, 
uh, how to live. He says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Be focused on the Lord. And you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Then check out verse 7. Parents, check this out. My parents, I don't know if they had read this passage, but this is how, what they lived. Repeat them again and again, those commands, God's word. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you're on the road, when you are going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. It's this teaching from God to his people how to pass along the truth of the good news of a relationship with God to your children. It's certainly what Larry and Shirley Reeves did with, with me from birth, I'm sure, but certainly into my very early years of childhood, there's this just consistent, not manipulative, just this consistent teaching of God's word. We do it at dinner table. My dad had this little book. And hey, for many of you dads, like this, this be worth your effort tomorrow. Go to the Bible bookstore, get online, find something that would be just good and simple to read at the table so that your kids get to review the Bible so that it's kind of laid in their mind. It'll, and it'll come back and bear fruit in the future. He would read it at breakfast and he actually read it at supper and we, it just became this regular everyday grind. They, obviously, I was, I was taking the church. We didn't miss. And I, I think in a day where we're kind of all over the place with our schedules, for us as parents, just that steady reminder on a Sunday to be at church, or even if, if you're taking it online as a family, it's just this, it really reminds everybody in the family what's the most important thing in this world. I, my story, the true real story about John Reeves has a lot to do with my mom and dad uh, just consistently putting God's word in front of me. So I believed as a young boy in my uh, early middle school years, um, there's these pretty significant steps that happened for me as I developed in Christ. And, and really at about 12 years old, um, I would say it became a relationship. Right. And let me let me just say this for for many. All you have is that experience that I had when I was a young boy that I believed and I was saved. And I told you I was scared of hell. Like I, had, I got fire insurance. Like I knew I was going to heaven. But man, when I was 12, I really started developing this relationship with God. Right. Like God and I would correspond, if that makes any sense to some of y'all. For some of y'all, you, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. For others, you don't. Let, let me just tell you, it would be tragic just to believe in Jesus and not to experience the relationship with God through the Holy Spirit. Uh, so at about 12, I began to experience that relationship. And it's the best thing I know on this planet is this this walk and conversation that I can have with God. Let me, let me just try to explain with my story. Uh, man, you know what? My parents would, uh, I'd go to church with my parents, and then they would send me to this little Christian camp. Again, pretty intuitive on my parents' part just to lay these building blocks in my life. And at that camp, uh, one summer at 12 years old, I just, I just really... Something the lights came on. I don't even know how to explain it exactly, but I wanted a relationship with God. And so when I came home from 
from camp, I, I began this just little ritual in, uh, every morning in my bathroom, which might be a little gross to some of y'all germaphobes. Uh, I'd sit on the floor and I had a tiny little notebook and I'd open my Bible and I'd read a few verses before school and then I would write down what I thought about those verses and I'd write out a little prayer to God. And I got to tell you, those, those times became a time where it wasn't like a discipline. It was more like, it was more like this place that I just really wanted to be. And it, it set my day. What, what, everything started to change. Like I actually wanted to go to church. And instead of it being a place that I was sent or had to go, it became a place that I owned. It's a place that I, I participated, even though I didn't know I was just a boy, right? But I, I still started to connect with other people when they were singing to God. It was, uh, it was just transformational. And I, whether you're 25 or 35 or 45 and you're taking in my little simple story, it doesn't really matter. Like, I was 12. That's just how it worked out for me. But, man, I want this with all my heart for you. I really want you to be able to know God. He knows you. I really want you to be able to know him and enjoy walking with him. And we call that a relationship. And that is the core of Christianity is this walk with God, and we walk with him in his spirit. We believe that at salvation, the Holy Spirit indwells us, and then there's this need for you and I to yield to the spirit, which allows him to fill us on a regular basis, and then there's this depth of relationship that we grow. We learn about him because he's, he's, he's so amazing and beyond our understanding, so it's a lifetime of learning but there's also just this growing relationship. You've had it with other people. Like Normally you can see them and touch them, right? But, but in this case with God, there's this growing relationship and it's, it's what we want for Radius, for you. If you're a partner at Radius, man, and you haven't really taken a step uh, to have a relationship with God, maybe you're saved, but you don't have a relationship, really want to help you walk down that road. So then kind of, took years to develop that relationship, and I still am at 53 years old, right? So that, that relationship continues to form with God. It's kind of how relationships work. They work all the way to death. And then, then in my early adult years, there's these three kind of themes that came out. I, I began to really hunger for spiritual truth, right? Like I, I wanted to understand what's the truth. It's really cool when you get comfortable in your own skin because Jesus loves you, you've been indwelled with the Spirit and you want what He wants, then you, you start getting comfortable. We call Him the Holy Spirit, which means uh, there can't be anything false in Him. So all of a sudden, you kind of enjoy when you, you read the Bible. It jumps off the page to you and, and it, it, tells, it, it reads you in essence. So you're learning about yourself as you're learning about God. It is one of the great joys of being one of His children. So you, you actually enjoy relationships, whether it be a, with a mentor or with a peer that would tell you the truth about you. And you want to grow because you want to change. You want to be like Jesus because you're a part of something bigger than just your life. Uh, I wanted to discover that spiritual truth. Like, like anytime you hang out with the Holy Spirit, truth is involved because he's holy. There can't be anything false there. I, I wanted to grow... Uh, as a part of this team, the spiritual team. So, so I started to learn and experiment with my spiritual gifts because I knew I had something to give. I wasn't sure what it was. But I knew I had something to give to this new community. We call it the church. The church is jacked up for most of it. We've seen all kinds of flaws, in, but in reality, throughout the last 2,000 years, she, this, this team, this army, this kingdom of God, 
is a wonderful place for us to be engaged and connected. And so I really just enjoy this process of discovering my gifts and what my contribution could be to the army of God. What, what is he trying to accomplish? And then you're constantly wanting the Holy Spirit to say, say, what do you want me to do with those gifts? And, and, and I, I don't know, the church takes a, you know, a lot of negative press and certainly has earned it. But I want to say to you as you take this in, and I want you to consider it. Uh, as, you, as you plug into Radius, but really as Radius, as we plug into the church universal, it is an awesome thing to be a part of the army of God. He don't need an army, right? He can get all his stuff done without us, and yet he chose the form so, so that you could taste and enjoy what he wants accomplished on this planet. He actually indwells you with his Holy Spirit. And if you will yield to the Holy Spirit, then he wants to take you and place you in play to accomplish his purposes. Man, that was a great season. I'll tell you a couple stories here in a second. And then this thing called spiritual fruit. Man, what happened as the Holy Spirit, as I started letting the Holy Spirit lead my life, fruit started, I changed, right? Like some of the things I did and the ways I thought changed. Took time, still taking time, still being produced, but fruit, as the fruit came out, man, my, the people around me, when I was a kid, it was my mother, as an adult, it's my wife and my children, they get to experience change, and that's uh, something that we want for everybody at Radius. Fruit, fruit looks like more than just personal change, eventually it spills over into other people. I'll tell you a couple stories just to share with you uh, my life. So I, I, I've realized I'm on this great spiritual team, spiritual army, and uh, I started wanting to know, hey, what are my gifts? What could I possibly do? There's four passages in the Bible if you want to read them. There's Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, and 1 Peter 4. 1 Peter 4, probably the least of. But all of them have these lists of gifts, and I would read them. Like, what, what, what could I possibly be in that bunch? And, and the funny thing is reading them and trying to understand them is one thing, but actually discovering what you do, it oftentimes only comes by experimentation, by trying stuff. Still remember, I don't know, I'm 23, 23, I got invited to uh, teach eight- and nine-year-old boys at this little Christian camp. Had to preach to them twice a day and uh, try to teach them the Bible. And it was nuts. I mean, like eight- and nine-year-old boys, there's like 150 of them. They never stopped moving. And I'm, I'm standing up here using words that they have no idea what they mean. And in the course of the interaction, I had to learn. Like, I had to learn how to teach because I wanted them to meet Jesus. I wanted them to learn new things about God. So I, remember, I still remember that word hypostatic union came out of my mouth, which means that God, that Jesus is all God and that he's all man. And, and I, I said that word in front of eight and nine-year-old boys, but they, they didn't blink. But what, what was shocking over the course of the week was that all the squirming, they, they were learning more than adults almost ever, ever learn. And I had to figure out how to take bigger words and make them small so they'd understand. And the Lord blessed. And there's, there's some kind of gifting there. There's something in me that, that worked. The next week, I got asked to speak at a, at a camp. It was, it was a middle school camp. And I tried to keep the kids. I, I came up with a slang word every time I preached. So I, I still remember one, one time I used the word bestest, which was something people said all the time, in order to get the, the kids' attention. And there was, this, there was this, just this connection as I learned to teach with them that seemed to be like, 
more than just me being creative. It was connected to the Holy Spirit. It was spiritually energized. And over the course of a couple of weeks of, man, I, who knows what I said those first two weeks talking to, to children about God, there's this development of gift. And I began to say, hey, I probably got some responsibility to talk in front of people. Like that, that's probably a part of what, that, that's not like a, that wasn't like this calling to ministry or to be a pastor, right? It was this discovery of a gift, a spiritually inspired gift, an energized gift that belonged to the church, and I had to share it. It didn't mean I had to end up being a pastor, but it did mean I needed to do that. Then I have this uh, gift of, uh, I mean, that last gift, teaching, I mean, in, in those passages, there's, there's a gift of teaching. There's a, a gift, we call it a prophet, which tells the truth. There's, there's a gift of an exhorter, which encourages folks. I'm not sure exactly what I am, but I'm, I'm gifted in that way somehow. And then, then, then I, I started stuff, right? So in middle school, I'm starting a Bible school study where all the moms got to drive their sons to a house, and the six of us, even though I was a super shy kid, I, I just started Bible studies, and we would come, we'd have a little list of verses, and I'd walk everybody through it. I'm sure there was some stuff that was not accurate in how we talked, but it just seemed important for us to be around the Bible, so I just started it. And that's been like an ongoing story for me. That, that wherever I show up, stuff starts. And if you're going to look through that list of gifts, like in Ephesians 4, there's this list of an, uh, what we call an apostle, which I would say were the really small A, uh, a missionary gift just to start stuff. And now all of a sudden I have to wrestle, even as a 20-something, with what do I do with this gift? Everywhere I go, something starts. And so you at Radius, I mean, you're, I guess, a beneficiary of the Holy Spirit taking a gift that I have to start a church. Everybody doesn't have that gift. Everybody's not responsible for that, but you're responsible for something, right? God's given you some gifts. The scripture actually says if you've believed and you've been indwelled by the Holy Spirit, you have a gift. Look at 1 Corinthians 12. You have a gift, and now there's this responsibility. The whole team, we need you to take your gift and put it into play. For me at Radius, that meant moving into a little apartment in Lexington and, and uh, inviting a few friends to my house. And the 12 of us, which six of them were my children, uh, began to dream and pray about Radius Church. And praise the Lord, he's produced fruit from that. And all 12 of us, including my kids, had to put our gifts on the table and shared, uh, the shared effort of planting Radius came out of it. When you think about gifts and and uh, being on, in the army and in the kingdom of God, Jesus calls it his body, the church. There's, there's these gifts that you put in play, and then there's just this straight-up responsibility. For me, Cheryl and I discovered as we grew, man, it was, it was our late 20s that we didn't know our neighbors. Like we knew church. We knew Christian people. I went out and hung out with lost people. Like when I was in multiple scenarios. We had all that going on. But we had literal neighbors that lived 100 feet from us. And uh, Chris Seavey calls them, hey, neighbors. I, we waved to them, but we didn't know them. And so there was this very important adjustment. It's actually where the name Radius came from, for us to know our neighbors by name. If you ask Cheryl, she can name our neighbors' kids. She prays for him often when she walks the neighborhood. It was this huge adjustment and growth period for us, really in our early 30s, that not only are we going to be participating at church, but we're going to know and love our neighbors, which means we might share Jesus with them, but we also might share banana bread with them. 
We might show up and help them blow the leaves in their yard. There's going to be this variety of things, but we have this responsibility as a part of this team to know and love our neighbors. So I hope you're, I hope you're picking up on something. Man, my story is just this story of gradual growth in, in, in the knowledge of God and knowing him and in, in the knowledge of what he wants to accomplish through me on this planet. So first, first, I mean, it was just this really, particularly in my 20s, this really great season. I realized I had responsibility on this great team, God's team, and, and he'd give me some gifts to participate with him in. And then this, this idea of spiritual truth. I mentioned earlier the Holy Spirit only deals in truth, right? No manipulation, Man, what about if this last election we just went through, if they were only allowed to tell the truth? It would have been awesome if all the media outlets were only allowed to tell the truth. I mean, I can go ahead and tell you they would have lost a lot of programming. It would have been a really short uh, CNN show and Fox News show. It would be really short because all they could do was talk about was, was confirmed truth. And then you and I could have made really clear decisions based on straight-up truth. The Holy Spirit only deals in truth, which brings great peace to his followers. So when, when you deal in spiritual truth, the next thing you know, you're, you're okay with looking at even the flaws inside of you. I'll share a few of mine. Man, uh, when, I, when, when, when you get married, there's this great joy. And for anybody thinking about getting married, I'm, I'm pushing you that way. It's best, best decision I ever made outside of Jesus but there's some hard times. There's these, what maybe I would call the refining times. I, I wrote them down. The first, the 10th, and the 20th year for me in marriage, I'm at 31, right? First, the 10th, and the 20th were all really hard. And I was stubborn, and Cheryl was emotional, and, and uh, those two things kind of kind of crunched together, and they just exposed stuff in me, right? They showed me who I was. Uh, in 09, we're... we're uh, moving to Austin, Texas, and uh, I'm driving down the road. I'm by myself. I'm taking some junk that we have, and I'm annoyed that we have so much stuff. You guys know the story. Uh, and this verse, a preacher reads this verse that I'm listening to while I'm driving. He says, treat her, being your wife, as you should so that your prayers will not be hindered. I heard that, and it just struck a chord in me that I had not been treating Cheryl well. I hadn't been patient. I hadn't been loving during that season. This is our 20th year married. And uh, I was praying while I was driving. I was trying to figure out life. I don't know if you got in this spot. Sometimes I just didn't know where I fit, didn't know exactly. I'd already done a bunch of stuff, but still lost my way. Maybe you've done the same. Maybe you're there right now. And there was this simple truth there that just hit me upside the head. Hey, bro, if, if you want me to listen to your prayers, treat your wife right. And uh, just a moment to repent, man. Came home, told Cheryl about it after the long drive. She uh, confessed some sin, some stuff she was struggling with. And I confessed some st stuff that I was struggling in. And in that same message, he talked about some sin you have to root out. And this particular case, man, I'm just, some of you guys know me, I'm stubborn. And uh, it can be really ugly at times. And uh, we began to pray, and I began to pray personally that I, I could root out that stubbornness that was really hurting my marriage. Cheryl had some stuff on her side, and she, she began to pray that, that God would root out some of that. And we, uh, man, 
It blessed us. It took months. Like that stuff doesn't happen overnight. It took months, probably six, for us to really get back on the same page. Like we moved there to plant a church, right? We moved to another state to plant a church, but our hearts just, they weren't right. But here's what the Holy Spirit is faithful to because he's holy. He's faithful to to expose that garbage because he wants the best for you. He wants you to be healthy, but he also wants to exalt Jesus, and you're a part of the church, so he wants you to be healthy and holy so that you would exalt Jesus. It's an honor, really, to be so exposed to spiritual truth. Really, thank you for being a part of Radius. One of the things we try to do is constantly teach God's Word. And hopefully, if you, if, when you listen to it correctly, because oftentimes I've... Some guy like me is standing up talking. I'll be sitting, so I'll space out a little bit, but then he'll say the one thing, that one thing that I needed to hear, and then there's this question, will I move on it? Hopefully that's what you do. That's how Sundays work. You move on it, and we change. So eventually you want to find a mentor that'll tell you the truth. Doesn't just make you feel good, but he tells you. You're not looking for just a counselor. You're looking for somebody that tells you the truth so that you'll change. And you're looking for some peers. Eventually, you're going to want a peer that'll pray the truth about himself or herself with you, and you could pray the truth, and you wouldn't be afraid that there'd be any gossip or slander that comes out of there. Just be this relationship of truth giving to one another. Radius Church was founded with a group of guys that got up early in the morning. All of us tell the story different 5 a.m., 5.30 a.m., 6 a.m., somewhere in there. I believe it's 5 a.m. We got up in the morning, and one of, our, one of our practices was to pray the truth about ourselves. And then once we worked through the truth about ourselves, which involved a lot of confession, then we prayed the truth about God, which involved a lot of worship. And that is the core of this church. And I want it to be a core of your life because it's the best when you can rest in the truth. So, so you're a part of a spiritual team and you've got a spiritual gift. You uh, are constantly exposed, if you've been indwelled with the Holy Spirit, to spiritual truth. And then finally, you're supposed to you're supposed to uh, produce spiritual fruit. Real simple verse in Galatians 5, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Maybe if you know it. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, uh, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's supposed to change you. You're supposed to be changing in those areas. Uh, as a kid, that meant that I apologized to my mom. I can still remember my early teens coming up to apologize to my mom for something I said. And she, my mom would always start crying. It was, and in some odd way, it was joyful for me, even though it was humbling. I still remember my first church. I was pastoring, and I'd go play basketball, and I hit this guy with an elbow in his mouth on purpose. And uh, I was mad at the moment. After the game, I went up to him. His name's Adam, and I just said, man, I'm sorry. I was mad. I was out of control. He forgave me, and crazy, he showed up at church the next Sunday. He showed up at my church. He's sitting out there. I was like, I'm so glad I apologized. There's, there, there's, here's the weird part. There's joy in the apology. It's, there's joy in doing things the right way. I, I don't know. Some of you guys know I've been, I had been pretty sick with COVID. This is my first Sunday back. I don't know. I think I was in my bedroom for 21 days straight. Uh, man, and it, teach, it, it just... It just tested my patience, right? And it tested me whether I had peace because you're pretty sick and you know some pretty bad stories out there. Peace and patience. And then could I find joy in the midst of laying in my bed, which I'm kind of a get-or-done guy. Uh, it's healthy. It changes me. 
as I laid in bed, man, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I, I celebrated uh, the disciples that I've made. So through the years, I, you, you get this great gift if you're a follower of Jesus and you're indwelled by the Holy Spirit to allow the Holy Spirit to take some of what you've been given and give it to somebody else. And man, you can go back through that name, that those names, and you kind of got this family tree, in my case, mostly guys, a few ladies, where I've been able to take what I've been given and give it to somebody else. Right. Again, just using my gifts as a part of this army of God who's accomplishing his purposes. Well, what a joy. Even as I examined that, I, I thought, man, I, I, if I make it through this a couple nights, uh, I've got to love more. I've got to invest more in other people. Otherwise, I become a consumer. I just take and, and, and I don't give. I, I, I got to give more. What, what's cool about my kind of my family free of disciples, you know, at the beginning, I got a lot to give and I can tell the truth and teach the Bible. And then guys grow. And a lot of those guys that I've invested a few, few hours in or some, some of them hundreds and even thousands of hours, they're my friends. They're my best friends. It's a sweet community because we're all aligned in a broken way with the living God. One thing that came really clear to me while I was laying in bed uh, was the great joy of uh, children. I got six. Maybe you got. Maybe maybe you can't have children. In my case, I have children, and man, I I, I uh, just was reminded that they are arrows like like so they're mine i get to enjoy them for a season but this huge part of my responsibility is to take what god's given me and give to them and then if i get you know i don't know how long i get to live but hopefully i get to see this fruit that comes out of them then i actually multiplied the greatest thing i have in my life into my children um man the fruit of the spirit is a great gift to us i need to quit uh it's just my real story. I, I could go on and on, right, because we know our real stories. The reason that I'm doing this and every campus pastor is doing this this morning is uh, so that you'll be able to tell your real story. Well, maybe you just started following Jesus. Great. Then you're just at the beginning of a story of walking with him. Uh, perhaps you've been away from him a long time, and today you start a new chapter and you repent of your sin, and you turn back to Jesus, right? Uh, perhaps, just as I've talked, the Holy Spirit has kind of gripped you, and you go, I need to apologize, and you got somebody in your mind right now, and you get it done in the next hour just by picking up your phone or driving to their house. Um, we're doing this together at Radius. We've all got real stories. It's a place that we want to be safe, a place where you can plug in and share yours. Uh, thank you so much for being a part of what God's doing with us. Let me pray for you and pray for me. Lord, we, we, uh, here we are another year and uh, realize there's a new chapter in some odd way of our lives and we want to grow. For some folks taking this in, Lord, you know them. They haven't grown in a long time. I pray you'd encourage them that it can be done and you give them the strength to follow you this year. For others, Lord, they're just out of sorts with the COVID and the way 2020 went. And pray, Lord, you settle them, that you bring them peace, and they come up with a real solid plan to follow you in the new year. Really fun to tell my simple story, Lord. 
All of ours are different. And at the end of the day, they, they bring you glory because you changed us. You changed me when I was a boy for many taking this in. You changed them as adults. But you made us a part of, of your body, Jesus. And we want to, to take our energy and put it toward what you want accomplished on this planet. I got to talk a good bit about parenting because, Lord, you blessed me with a bunch of kids and, and I, I had great parents. I pray right now for all the parents, no matter where they are, even if they're way behind the curve on this thing, Lord, that you would encourage them, encourage them uh, to really represent you in their homes, even if their kids are adults now, that they would uh, be creative and be able to represent you even with, with uh, their family in whatever spot it's at. Trust you with that hard task. In Jesus' name, amen.